What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Healthy and alive. Doing well. Yeah. It's great. I suppose we're going to get into some election stuff this afternoon. Yeah. I mean, I really don't want to. I really don't want to. I, I'm sick and tired of it already. We're in the middle of an election, so man, we're sense. in the middle of a yeah. pandemic. Bruce, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We're not in the middle yeah. of an election. Which is weird to say we're in the middle of an election because usually elections are, I don't know, votes are cast and then the, by the next day we know who's won. Usually. So by the usually. usually by, oh, I don't know, 3.30 in the morning. We usually know, usually. But yeah. this time, this time they, it's funny, they, they had to freeze the count at 3.30 in the morning. And yeah, they, they needed, they there was something about ballots that just happened to show up or something. I mean, just out of nowhere. So- Mm-hmm. We're we're mm-hmm. in the middle of a of an election, as you said, but we're also in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, it's it's raging, it's surging, it's it's sky high, it's out of control, it's on fire. Even as the Ohio governor said, which that's an actual quote, he says the pandemic's on fire. We've never seen anything like this before. It's unprecedented. We don't know what we're going to do. Man, that fear. I, I I know where we've seen it before. By the way, last year. I was going to say last year, cold and flu season. Just and the year before that, and the year before that, year before that, year before that happens every year. Yeah. 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 Well, the good news is that you have people out there like Mayor Bill de Blasio, which we're going to talk about New York today, right? New York's going to lock back down. But um, Mayor Bill de Blasio has come up with this great idea, and it's I think it's going to help a lot of people. So those people in New York City that now call 911 for help of any kind. So, I mean, if you need the police or emergency services or something like that, it's it's not going to be the police and emergency services that come around. So you don't need those services anymore. Now, when you call 911, they're going to send mental health professionals around. So if you need if you need any help that way, that's those those are the people that are going to help you. So when there's a fire in New York City, OK, obviously you'd call 911. The FDNY would come out in a normal world. That's where that would happen. 911 dispatch sends a team of firefighters. Right. And when there's a car crash, responders and usually a tow truck and an ambulance. And, you know, when you call 911, there's a. You know, usually an unstable individual posing harm to themselves or, you know, others, you know, could be New York City's going to send NYPD out. Right. So, I mean, that's probably not going to go on for much longer. Uh, in a statement made by the mayor's office on Tuesday morning, the New York mayor, Bill de Blasio, announced, which I think his name's uh, William Wilhelm Jr. I think that's his real name, uh, announced a pilot program that would send counseling professionals to respond to 911 calls that are associated with mental health emergencies instead of police officers. Hmm. You actually got to put them in a mental hospital that you, well, no, you can't because you close them. Per the current design of the pilot program, law enforcement officers will not accompany the mental health professional to respond to the call. Instead, crisis workers who are trained in emergency response. See, the police aren't trained to deal with, you know, emergency situations such as that. No, of course not. And crisis aversion will be first on the scene and will then decide if a situation requires backup. So, see, the police can't be trusted anymore to deal with a, a mentally a mentally ill person. They, they can't be trusted. So now it has to so, be social workers that come in. So are they providing uh, funding for law enforcement for more hostage negotiators? 
doesn't say so. Oh, uh, because uh, they might need them. If you're going to send those people in to, oh, I don't know, like the, the, the situation we've seen here recently where the uh, law enforcement were called three times in one day, 50 other times during the just this year alone on one individual who had uh, punched his baby's parent uh, mom and his mom like he, he was assaulting them and then was threatening to assault them with a knife and then went at law enforcement with a knife and they shot him. So basically what's going to end up happening is they'll have this um, crisis whatever person come in and they'll be the ones that get stabbed and possibly killed instead of law enforcement is basically what's going to boil down to. Yeah. Yeah. More or less. Yes. Uh, The pilot, which will initially be made up of mental health professionals and crisis workers from the New York City's Fire Department Bureau. That's where they're going to get them first. And then they'll just they'll phase them out down the line. Usually how it goes. We'll debut in February of 2021 before being implemented on a larger scale. See, they've already decided they're just going to implement it on a larger scale down the line. They're just going to do this part right here. Uh, The pilot Mm -hmm. is first being tested in two unspecified high need precincts. Unspecified. Why can't you specify them? Maybe because the police department could make the adjustments and get the problem solved and then you wouldn't need any of this garbage. That might be it might it might be racist because (laughs) it might be racist, you know, problematic precincts. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, I, I've yeah. worked with men and women of the NYPD and I've seen them deal with mentally ill individuals. They're fantastic. They're, they're great at it. There's no need for this. None. De Blasio sees look, this as an in. Go ahead. Uh, look, I, I I'm torn on this one. I I'm OK with having officials specifically trained for mental health issues, but I don't think you should be sending them out there on their own. Right. I, I, I think if you're going to you. Have someone specifically trained in law enforcement for mental health issues that they, that can accompany another officer when they address something and have them do the talking at first, but have the law enforcement there just in case we have someone with a knife or a gun or something trying to assault the guy that's trying to help him. The law enforcement officer would be there to, to help protect him. And in a case things get out of control, can... Um, uh, solve the situation shall we say um, you know bruce and i like your i like your idea better yeah so which one solving the situation or or having the crisis well both with them both actually both. Okay. I- yeah so i'm i'm basically what i'm getting at instead of defunding the police maybe we should get more funding and more training and more specialized individuals in the precincts to to help mitigate some of the the requirements that we have on law enforcement officers the the average officer right why don't why don't we look at doing that and have you know specified we have specialized units right swat they're the more high risk um police we send in for uh dangerous situations right uh, when you need a door kicked in or whatever we, we send those out so why don't we have a a, a specialized for um specialized unit or specialized every precinct has at least one one um officer that's specialized in um crisis management or whatever again i i like your idea better it's better than just cutting the police out of the equation completely uh okay so de blasio sees this as an initiative designed to more adequately tailor emergency response to the nature of the crisis and prevent conflicts with police you see again it's about vilifying the police one in five he's right it will reduce conflict between police well yeah because there won't be any right yeah it'll be against these crisis people yeah now, now he says here, 
one in five New Yorkers struggle with a mental health condition. Well, I would say that's probably true. No disrespect to the to the people of New York. I, I ran into a lot of great New Yorkers out there. It's fantastic people. Now more than ever, we must do everything we can to reach those people before crisis strikes. Mm-hmm. So we, we've talked about this before, but lockdowns tend to cause more problems. These kind of restrictions that you not allowing people to freely govern themselves kind of causes more psychological damage than having a nanny state come in and say, you're going to do as I say, you know? So I guess if they're going to continue down the nanny state, they need to have these crisis aversion individuals. Yeah, they do. Uh, It says, though, although numbers of the emergency mental health cases in the city have been on the decline for the better part of two years, I would argue COVID's actually raised that. New York City is still one of the highest rates of mental health incidents in the country. That's because it's extremely densely populated. So, yeah. The New York State Department of Health reports that medical services receive 650,000 mentally troubled patients annually. That's a lot. That's a lot. Similarly, hospitalizations for extreme conditions such as schizophrenia and bipolar disorders are 9.9 cases above the national average per the findings of the Schaefer Health's uh, the Schaefer Center for Health Policy and Economics. And those are some high numbers. That's, I mean, that's that's really high numbers. Maybe maybe we should look into that and find out what's causing that problem. You know, maybe we should do some research and find out what the cause of the problem is instead of just addressing the symptoms, right? Maybe, maybe you should try to fix things on a cultural or a, um, you know, I don't know, local level instead of defunding the police. How dare you? How dare you suggest common sense? How dare you? How dare you? We can't have that. Bruce, do you like uh, do you like fresh meat? Let's move over to something else. Do you you like fresh meat? I mean, I sure. Yeah, I I prefer that over, you know, bad meat. I mean, while you can still get it, though, I mean, (laughs) true. yeah, come come Monday. I mean, once you hear what we have to say on Monday, you might not think that you're going to. Yeah, you might as well enjoy meat while you can get it. And I'm not joking. AI powered. Now, I was going to save this, right? I was going to save this. By the way, like I said, we're, we're going to have to push our, um, by the way, I, we're going to have to push our digital dark age to Tuesday because Monday's more pressing issue. But uh, this is not very long. I wanted to cover this on a morning show. But uh, AI powered electronic nose sniffs out meat freshness. So see, now you don't even have to worry about whether or not a, a human can make that mistake. And AI is now going to do it, right? A machine's going to do it. So a team of scientists led by Nanyang Technolo- Technological University in Singapore has invented an artificial olfactory system that mimics the <laughs> mimics the nose to assess the freshness of meat accurately. The electronic nose, or e-nose, as it's called, how, how original, comprises a barcode that changes color over time in reaction to the gases produced by meat as it decays. And a barcode reader in the form of a smartphone app powered by artificial intelligence. The e-nose has been trained to recognize and predict meat freshness from a large library of barcode colors. This is fascinating. When tested commercially, uh, when tested on commercially packaged chicken, fish, and beef meat samples that were left to age, the team found that there was a deep convolutional uh, neural network AI algorithm that powers the e yeah that powers the e nose predicted the freshness of the meat with a ninety eight point five percent accuracy. As a comparison, the research team assessed the prediction accuracy of a commonly used algorithm to measure the response of sensors like a barcode used in this e nose. The type of analysis showed an ac- an overall accuracy of sixty one point seven percent. And that's fascinating. Now we have electronic yeah. noses to to sniff out bad food. I 
I, I, honestly, I think it's an interesting idea. Um, we, we already had kind of like makeshift, makeshift systems in place. Um, like, for example, you know, some of those markets, the, the open markets that um, have their meat hanging there. It doesn't usually happen here in the U.S. But if you don't see flies on the meat, then don't get the meat. It's kind of a weird thing. But if there's no flies on the meat, the meat's bad. It's a good point. Never really thought of it like yeah. that. Yeah. So it, it's kind of a, it's the same concept, I would imagine. They're, they're, it's probably the gases that are being released in the rotting process that um, deters. I don't so, know if that's true, by the way. <laughs> that's I don't just, that's, uh, so, I've never, I've never tested it. Yeah. It, in the nose, right? Now, li- listen to how this works. It says, when gas is produced by the decaying meat binds to the receptors in the nose, signals are generated and transmitted to the brain. The brain collects these responses and organizes them into patterns, allowing the nose to identify the odor and present the meat ages and rots or and yeah, uh, to identify the odor present as the meat ages and rots in the e-nose. The 20 bars in the barcode act as the receptors. Each bar is made of uh, I've never seen this word before. Uh, uh, Chitosan, Chitosan. It's a it's a natural sugar. C-H-I-T-O-S-A-N. I've never seen that word before. Chitosan? Oh. It's uh, it's a sugar that is obtained from the hard outer skeleton of shellfish. Uh, interesting. Okay, so they've actually taken that sugar, whatever it is. I've, I've never heard of that before. They've taken that sugar, and I've never seen that word before. Uh, they've embedded it on a cellulose derivative and loaded it with a different type of dye. These dyes react with the gases emitted by the decaying meat and change color in response to the different types and concentrations of gases, resulting in a unique combination of colors that serves as a scent fingerprint for the state of any meat. So, I mean, does that apply if one you, thing to note there, you, please don't go into that space with anything that's like an aggressive scent, for oh, instance, because that's going to oh. be difficult. For- OK, well, I mean, it's I mean, it's, it's possible that yeah, it's possible. So, I mean, I, I think that would apply in this case. So you don't want to go into that area if there's an aggressive scent of any kind. Right. So, right. Uh, th- th- man, this is just this is crazy. So, for instance, right, uh, just to give you an idea of how this process works, for instance, the first bar in the barcode contains a yellow dye that is weakly uh, acidic. When exposed to nitrogen containing compounds produced by decaying meat, this yellow dye changes into blue as the dye reacts with these compounds. The color intensity changes with increasing concentrations of uh, with, a, yeah, with an increasing concentration as the meat decays further. Man, that's something. This is the first time this has ever been developed, man. That, that is fascinating. Now, this isn't a reusable thing if they're using uh, bars and uh, like barcode kind of style things i don't think it's reusable it's it doesn't probably sound like, like a it. once used done kind of a thing yeah it doesn't um it doesn't say it does say that um well, it tells how much they were taken so they can they can currently monitor the freshness of like fish packages with barcodes glued on the inner side of the uh the pvc film so it's uh, up on the inside of the package without actually touching like say for example fish or something and images of the barcodes were taken at different intervals over the course of five days so they were able to tell over like five days uh you know what? I mean, if it's if they could do that and put it on the inside of packaging, like what you're talking about, and ship them with that. I mean, if it's something easy and inexpensive, inexpensive to produce, um, you know, that would help 
knowing whether the meat's fresh or not. You wouldn't just go by yeah. a use by date. You could go by that barcode on there. Right. So you could actually look and see, okay, well, is this actually fresh or not? Because I mean, let, let's face it, when you go into a supermarket and there's an expiration or a sell by date on something, nine times out of ten, that means that they just need to move the product. So that's just it. Now, I'm not going to say that, you know, uh, you shouldn't, uh, you know, buy stuff after a, uh, or, you know, the expiration date or whatever. Sometimes, you, I mean, if you don't buy milk within a certain amount of time, then obviously it sours and, and goes bad and all that stuff and you got to get rid of it. Uh, same thing with, uh, well, with any dairy product, really. But not everything has an exact date. I mean, some people buy like uh, over-the-counter medications. That's a common one. So Tylenol or something uh, or acetaminophen, what, whatever it is you buy, Aleve, all that stuff, you know, Advil, that, that stuff. That stuff has an expiration date. That's just because they want to move it on. It doesn't mean that the ingredients in there become inactive. But I have been told by healthcare professionals that it does become weaker over time. So it's not a, you know, take it by this date and then it just stops working. It's not how it works. But yeah, honestly, I think that that would do a lot to um, to improve, uh, you know, supply chain and things like that, especially now with like shutdown, supply chain disruptions, all that stuff. I mean, obviously, you, you don't want to be somebody that runs a business and then you have to dump half the product without being able to sell it. Right. So, I mean, you don't want to do right. that. So, but, you know, I, I you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it Monday, though, but this this product may be, you know nullified the need of it that's true that's true well bruce see if you just eat if you just eat crickets and 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 uh what's it was the other grasshoppers i mean you'll be fine you'll be fine so macy's thanksgiving day parade right big tradition in america yeah Mm -hmm. Mm, yeah might have a little bit of a problem this year macy's thanksgiving parade will include a pre-taped broadway performance balloons will only float down one block and streets will be closed but see, Santa's still going to be there. That's okay. Yeah, Santa's still going to be there. Got to get rid of those. Uh, those. Uh, I'm sorry. How, how does that go? Western values will be challenged. Hmm. Yeah, that's coming up on yeah. Monday. New York City's annual Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade will feature a pre-taped Broadway performance, ro- the Rockettes and Santa Claus this year. However, there will be no in-person audiences this year, and the streets surrounding the area will be closed off to prevent spectators from gathering. You evil COVID spreader. You you can't go out there and you can't. No. You do you want my God, man? Do you want to kill somebody? You can't go watch a balloon with your kids and and get can't no goodness no. It'll be the first Broadway performance for Hamilton, Mean Girls, Jagged Little Pill. Who are these people? Uh, the, the one group called Ain't Too Proud, y'all. Bet you aren't. Will perform a new socially distanced dance featuring just five performers due to COVID nineteen precautions. Man, you people are mentally ill. Do you understand that? Do you understand that they're like you have a serious problem and you should have yourself checked? I'm not joking. The giant balloons that are usually guided through the city will be, excuse me, by uniformed handlers will be pulled by utility vehicles this year. Well, you can't social distance to pull a damn balloon down. <laughs> Idiots. All right. So due to the pandemic just raging out of control, which usually draws about, you know, the parade by itself, which usually draws about three and a half million people along its two and a half mile route in Manhattan will be converted into a television only event. That will be aired on NBC and Telemundo. By the way, Trump still won that Telemundo poll by like 80%. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. Not going to let that one go. The 94th annual parade special will include Broadway performances. Yeah, okay. The event will see Broadway actors and dancers dust off their costumes and return for the stage for the first time in months. And the numbers will be filmed within the next few weeks. Why can't they do it live? Ever ask yourself that? The show will also include celebrity appearances. Uh, however, due to 
the virus, the rehearsals require planning to assure the actors are in shape and that proper coronavirus safety measures are being taken. So a choreographer of Ain't Too Proud uh, said that the choreographed choreographed or said he choreographed a special number to a medley of two temptations. Whatever. I, I can't even, I can't even stomach this. Do, do you understand what these people are doing? They're 86 ing all of our traditions. They're, they're getting rid of everything that we have. They're getting rid of our parades. They're getting rid of our, our holidays. They're getting rid of our families. All of it. Everything. All of it has to go. Under this new system, all of it has to go. We're going to cover that on Monday. I'm not going to get into it right now, but I, I can't read any more of that. Well, we have to do all these changes because clearly COVID is such a terrible disease. It's just it's a terrible kill thing. Us all if yeah, we yeah, do these yeah, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, uh, backstory on this. Uh, the four performances that are being included are paid for by NBC, which who's the parent company of NBC? General Electric. There are usually between eight and 10,000 people working on the parade, but this year there will only be about 1,500. Usually millions arrive early in Manhattan, braving the cold and long way to catch a good spot to watch the parade, usually with their kids. This year, there will be no in-person audience and the area surrounding the route will be shut down. Uh, Any participants in the parade must also be at least 18 years of age and cannot come from outside the tri-state area. Do you know what else this is going to do? Which I'm sure the article fails to mention. All the business that that brings. Millions of people go and watch that. I mean, you're talking uh, gas, food, housing, any of that stuff, right? Well, Bruce, according to Governor Cuomo, I mean, money that you lose, money that's lost. I mean, you can get that back. You can't get Mm. family members back, right? People that you love. Mm. So... I, I I just I can't take it. It's a the, the chances of dying from COVID-19 is 0. 0.13. No, it's 0. It, 0.13. It's, oh, yeah, for all age groups, it's 0. Yeah. 0.13 for all age 0. groups. 0.13. Oh, yeah. So we're, we're doing all that. You, you have just as much of a chance to be in a car accident dying or you have just as much like these are risks that we take every time we go and do something. We, we have agreed upon risks that we understand that anything we do could kill you. That's that's life. Yes, but it's Bruce. It's extremely dangerous. You you don't want to kill anybody. It's extremely dangerous. Now the the expletives I want to <laughs> use right now. <sighs> well, I do have some good news. I do have some good news. And by the way, this is complete satire. What I'm about to do. This is out of the Babylon Bee. We like to cover some of these from time to time just because they're funny and we need some laughs. <laughs> and this one's good. Governor Cuomo. Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York, which is who we were just kind of referring to, if you couldn't pick up on that. Governor Cuomo develops a vaccine that makes people immune to Trump's vaccine. <laughs> is it, so, isn't that just COVID-19? <laughs> it is. Yes. <laughs> Many thought it was great news when they heard about the effectiveness of Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine. But one person is alarmed by this development. That is New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. In fact, Cuomo says his scientists have been developing a vaccine that will render President Trump's vaccine ineffective. We're doing great here in New York. I've done everything perfectly, Cuomo said. Just ask anyone in the media, especially my brother Chris. So we don't need Trump coming here and mucking everything up with his vaccine that's been unproven except by multiple FDA tests. Cuomo hopes to have the vaccine... Cuomo hopes to have the vaccine vaccine ready next week and will make it mandatory for all citizens of New York. No one is getting cured by Trump, Cuomo stated. Not on my watch. Other other governors, though, just on a side note, other governors have expressed interest in Cuomo's vaccine vaccine, such as California Governor Gavin Newsom. Uh, And he's quoted by saying Trump is just trying to endanger everyone by giving them the freedom to leave their houses when they want to. Uh, when they want and do what they want. 
Californians just aren't ready to abandon my guidance on their everyday activities. <laughs> President Trump seemed unperturbed by the resistance to the vaccine, though. Those states didn't vote for me, he said, so I hope they all die. <laughs> A little uncharacteristic again, of Trump. Again, yeah, yeah, uncharacteristic. Again, um, the complete satire. It's just a, it's just a laugh. Uh, for anybody that wants to go over to the BabylonB.com and check them out. Uh, they come up with some great stuff over there. So, all right, we are going to have to jump Which, out of here. Go ahead. Real quick, side note. Uh, side note on the Babylon Bee. They've actually had some of their articles blocked on Twitter. Have they really? They've had some of them censored. It's satire. It, it's, it's satire. satire. Yeah. yeah. It's all fun. Like, it's all fun in games. It's just a laugh. That, that's all it is. None of it's serious. But it, because, like, I mean, Trump would Trump would not say that. <laughs> like, that's just ridiculous. No. No, he wouldn't. Now, I believe, I believe Cuomo would say that other stuff. But... <laughs> Possibly, yeah. It's possible, yeah. But anyway, all right, we are going to have to go. So thank you for sitting down this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. For all these topics and more, please check us out later on this afternoon, and I hope everyone has a great morning.